and welcome to another episode of Simon Says Let's Talk Business on Business Radio X. This is your host, Al Simon, with Sandler Training by Simon Inc. And uh, this is a great show and one in which we spotlight high-performing business professionals. We do this to, so that we can sharpen our skills and learn new ideas and concepts. We can share best practices and we can get to know really smart people. So, listen carefully take some notes, and look for their contact information at the end so that you can engage with our guest. As always, we will conclude the segment with a sales tip from me. We call it the Ask Al segment at the end. So really pumped today. we got Tony Russian, our guest today. Tony Russian is the Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Network One. Welcome, Tony. Oh, glad to be here, Al. This is awesome. So not only are you are a savvy business professional, but you also make great decisions on sales training <laughs> since you're one of my clients. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Good training. Yeah. So obviously you make great decisions. So really good. So, so Tony, tell us about Network One. Tell us what, what y'all do and how'd you get into the business? Yeah. So Network One is what's called a managed service provider. We do, uh, we offer IT services to small businesses in Metro Atlanta. A small business is basically... Uh, a business that is too small to have their own in-house IT. Okay. And the managed services part of it is we're the company that comes in and not only fixes things when they break, but also puts in some proactive services that happen to hopefully make sure things don't break or that you can recover from that, um, you know, that file you deleted and you recover it from backups and have those firewalls protecting you and those are what's called managed services. Okay. To make sure those are there. Okay. And we're going to talk about, you know, cyber attacks and stuff like that, yeah. right? I mean, that's a huge thing these days, right? Yeah. So we hear that term managed services. And I think a lot of people think, well, what, what, you know, what is that? But that's great description. So now, but I know also some of your clients do have somebody who manages IT, but they still need your services. Is that right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. So you've got, uh, we serve really two sets of clients, those that don't have any IT, mm-hmm. and they're running their construction business or their law firm or their medical practice, mm-hmm. and those that have grown big enough where they have one IT person in their company. Okay. And that person could be doing special software for them, or they could be doing what's called help desk and making sure things work there, right. or a variety of things. But they want more. They want some of the security software that we can offer and or those managed firewalls or those backups or simply someone to help when the person they have goes on vacation once, okay. once three times a year. Right. Okay. Yeah. So so it doesn't matter if they've actually got somebody uh, who's you know, supposedly an IT person or has some IT responsibilities. The fact is they need help, right? They need someone like y'all who understands systems and understands cyber attacks understands backup and can make sure that their data is is uh, uh is safe right and and make mm-hmm. sure that their that their systems run so that they can just do what they do and not worry about the the back-end infrastructure fair yep that's fair okay. yeah and and if it's one it guy on site it's frankly a pretty lonely job too so we end up being my engineers end up being the sounding board and the mm. the colleague for that person and it often accelerates their learning and their ability to do their jobs for the client so that's a side benefit okay so most of your, you you mentioned your your most of your uh your clients your, your ideal client really is small to medium-sized businesses uh with uh with, who need help in 
um, IT services. Uh, but what's, what's your geographic footprint with, for Network One? Yeah, got it. And uh, first I'll, I'll put a little more definition on that. Most, we have 120 clients in, in Metro Atlanta. Okay. And most of them are from 10 to 80 employees. So that when All we right. say small business, that's the 95% of our clients are in that space. Okay. okay? Yeah. And uh, they are all in metro atlanta from a headquarters or main office standpoint okay obviously some of our clients have branch offices throughout the u.s and some throughout the world okay so we end up supporting their whole company we can't go on site to seattle but yeah. you know we could we have a uh, colleagues that do what we do in different cities that okay. we'll, we'll find when we do need the on-site people in a different city but we focus on metro atlanta and, okay. and of course we can do a lot of what we do remotely with the technology. Yeah, you don't necessarily need to be on site in, right. in a lot of cases. Uh, yeah, okay, I understand that. Yeah, because we have that <laughs> we have that situation as well. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, why would someone change? Let's say let's say that that a, that a company already has a managed service provider, um, and and but they but they think <laughs> they need a, a different one or a better one. Why would they change? Yeah, that's a great question because. I think people change managed service providers as often as they change accounting firms or banks, right? Not often. Right. What we are finding uh, traditionally that happens is um, the pain of living with who they have exceeds, you know, hey, we got we to gotta fix this. And in today's environment, that tends to be happening in industries and with companies that are growing. So we have, mm. for instance, we have gotten five or 10 construction clients in the last year. Okay. Well, why? Well, construction hasn't slowed down in Georgia, right? It's, it's yeah. actually speeded up. Yeah. And people that have tolerated uh, an MSP, an IT provider that was being less than responsive or wasn't uh, offering the layers of uh, security protection that the company thought they might need or delaying the rollout of a project, they could tolerate that if they weren't growing. But now they're trying to maximize the revenue they bring in because they have opportunities and IT becomes the bottleneck. Yes. And that's why we're winning construction companies, for instance, because they're done tolerating that and they want to yeah. switch to someone that you know is super responsive and can protect them better. Yeah, that actually uh, bears out in data that we have at Sandler. We have the Sandler Research Council which does uh, uh, does polls and, and, and market research. And one of the recent uh, research projects that they had was why do people change? Mm. And 68% of companies change service providers because they don't feel like their current one appreciates them. Mm. They don't, they don't uh, you know, they're hard to get a hold of. They don't fix the problem. You know, it's, it's not because they're, they're searching for a better price. In other words, two-thirds of them it's because they don't feel like they're to being taken seriously and not appreciated. Got it. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah. We are finding one other driver, I would say broadly, is private equity has come to the IT managed service provider area. And what I mean by that is there's roll-ups are happening or there's funding coming to certain of our competitors. Mm -hmm. What that demands that they do is grow. They often start growing to other cities 
and they start ignoring from the stories we hear we're paying less attention to their clients yes. in here in atlanta where we're a hundred percent focused on metro atlanta we have zero plans to ever change and we are owned by one person that's our ceo and president and we don't take venture capital so we're we're not going to get ahead of ourselves and we're not going to have the demands of hyper growth we're here to for the long haul and that's we're finding some of that dynamic going on in the marketplace. So if our listeners are, are working in uh, an Atlanta-based organization who feels like maybe their services provider today is getting a little bit too big for their britches, they can know that, that Network One is going to focus on them, right? You are, you are focused on making sure your, your clients here in Metro Atlanta are taken care of. Yes. And one of those areas where I, I, th I think that a lot of people are worried about is cyber attacks. Mm. All right, it's got to be your biggest thing these days, isn't it, that yeah, you work on? For several years now, and it is a reality that when COVID hit yeah. uh, and everyone's world got turned upside down, right? I mean, uh, it was uh, crazy times and scary times. Yes. Um, the bad guys prey on that. Uh, it's just plain and simple. Yeah. And so uh, they would try to trick us and trick people with different kinds of what's called phishing emails and that and mm -hmm. basically want you to click on the link so they've gone up i don't think a hundred percent in the last year but like eighty percent right so if, if you've noticed you're getting more oh yeah and they're not all the prince of siam kind of things right they're <laughs> tricky um and we started investing probably about three years ago in much more robust layers of security services and solutions for our clients and uh, if if any of your listeners simply google what's the best way to stay secure on a fundamental level any expert in the cyber security will say you want to have layers because no single thing like an antivirus every, we all know what an antivirus is mm -hmm. it doesn't catch everything by by definition an antivirus is reactive it's got to get into your computer and then it sees it. Well, if the bad guy's just invented something new, your antivirus isn't going to know about it. So it's going to get into your computer. And then when enough of that goes out, the antivirus company will push the fix. Okay. But, yeah. that, but they're always behind. Right. But there's different layers. Some of them exist out in the internet and from big companies like Cisco that we have as a component of what we call OneGuard Plus, and yeah. it's, it's layers like that, that uh, if you have enough of them, that can um, keep you safe or safer. And then sometimes that the layer I was just uh, alluding to from Cisco, you can get in, but the bad guys, the, the, until they link up with their headquarters, nothing bad can happen. Okay, because of the layer. And, and that yeah. particular product that's a part of our layer uh, bundle um, can sense when something in your computer is trying to call out to a bad place and they, I call it cocooning. My engineers wouldn't call it that, but okay. they just prohibit that. So that's an example of how the layers work together that can increase uh, protection. Okay, so you started that about three years ago. We started investing in more because you know mm. with technology, uh, the the price to protect um, smaller companies keeps coming down. Mm. So with what I just described, you know, that might have cost 
$50 a computer, you know, five years ago. Yeah. Well, now we bundle four different layers for $15, $15 per computer. And those are four additional layers of security that we couldn't do that for our clients, you know, five years ago even. But now the price point is such that we can give them a lot more protection. That's tremendous because I, I know as a business owner, I'm, I'm always worried about that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, you know, what, would, what, you know what, what if someone gets in? And, and, he's, and you call them bad guys. It's, I mean, it's, it's almost kind of funny. You, you would think that because they're so clever, they're so talented to be able to come up with these viruses and attacks, if they could just channel those efforts into <laughs> positive things for this, for, you know, for society. I mean, how much, I mean, it's just amazing how people think they have to break the law to make money. I'm chuckling because I've had that same conversation saying the same things you're saying multiple times over the years because, you know, they are so smart. It's just they're doing it for bad. They are. And maybe not just for money, right? Maybe just just to prove they can do it, right? Well, most of them are for money now. It used to be back in the old days, you know, Mm -hmm. high school kids would do it just to see if they could do it or whatever. But no, these are money-making bad guys yeah well it makes for good tv but it makes for a bad business yeah that's for sure yeah okay so but you mentioned people don't change very often sort of like banks it's a hassle to change banks right <laughs> I mean, you just, and, and is it a hassle to change from one <clears throat> provider to network one great question and from for someone who hasn't done it right for mm-hmm. that company that's looking to change it looks like a huge hassle. Uh, we transition 20 to 30 companies a year. Yeah. And it is, it is not a hassle. We have an 189-step process that we go through. 189? <laughs> yeah. that, l- that sounds real simple, Tony. <laughs> well, it, what I mean is it's a checklist like a pilot has a checklist for yes. a commercial airline, right? Yeah. We're not going to miss a thing. Yeah. And the the IT provider they currently are working with they're all professionals i mean in the 10 years i've been there i've had one situation where the outgoing IT person didn't cooperate and it was because he passed away suddenly okay well the, i guess he's got an excuse he's got an excuse yeah. and and he didn't have good documentation so it was ugly um, okay. but the other times you know they're going to cooperate they're moving on to other things that is good and, to know and given 30 days we've done it in a week we've transitioned but typically given 30 days you can do the planning and there's absolutely zero hiccups that's great good to know because that's your data right that's your stuff right and yeah to 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 um to not be confident i guess that's all going to be taken care of in the transition would be a bad situation so okay so those of our listeners if you're thinking about changing Network service providers or managed service providers, you ought to think about Network One, 189-point checklist. And you don't have to worry about it because Network One worries about those things. Uh, that's, that's pretty cool. Very good. Okay, how about, um, how about cloud, right? You hear that word all the time, cloud this, cloud that. You know, there's, you, know you and I were talking earlier about uh, you used to work for IBM and work on, on tape uh, you know, t- tape machines, t- tape backup, and that was a long time ago. But now everybody, everything's in the cloud. So what is the, what is cloud? What does that mean? And how does that change your business? Yeah. So cloud is a great viable strategy for those small businesses, 10 to 80 people. Uh, and it's because um, these companies with 
huge data centers full of computers can offer a thin slice of that to the small guys now. When we went out 10 years ago and looked at public cloud providers and nothing fancy about that, IBM's a public cloud provider, Amazon's a public cloud provider, mm -hmm. Microsoft is, is the one that we've standardized on and vetted. There's this called Azure. We looked 10 years ago, again, for the small businesses, astronomically expensive. Right. So we built our own in a data center here, and it's just simply computers that exist not in your office but somewhere else. You got to rely on the internet to get to them. So I also think 10 years ago, the internet was here, but even in the last 10 years, it's gotten more stable, more robust, and all of that faster. Right. Uh, now, there's this public cloud called Microsoft, Azure, and others that they can do it cheaper than we can. So as our equipment got older, we said, well, let's put you on this public cloud and it gives you even more flexibility and more backup uh, options. And um, what you need is a stable internet connection, but then you can connect from anywhere. And in COVID, right? That you're not in the office. Uh, you're so important. You're yeah. somewhere else. You're at your home office. You could be at the beach. You could be wherever, but you've got the same experience, the same look and feel, no matter where you are. And often, the same look and feel whether you're on your laptop or iPad or iPhone. So you have complete access to your data, to your apps, everything's there. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, years ago, again, probably dating ourselves here, Tony. Maybe we shouldn't talk about years ago, but there was this. <laughs> concept called time sharing isn't that isn't the cloud like an extension of that you know it's funny i, I think um my wife knows about fashion i don't but she says i'm on a date right with how i dress yeah. but fashion comes around right it does it, it's the same thing in technology it basically yeah. is time sharing yeah you know it's it, think of the cloud as you might put your own data and you choose the cloud but then there's other that's very similar to the cloud called hosted solutions oh the application i want my application provider hosts it, right? Yes. And that's more like traditional time sharing because they've got the application, it's always up to date, it's always secure, yeah. and I plug into it. Okay, yeah. yeah Salesforce, a lot of people know that. That's a cloud solution. Right. So. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of our clients use Salesforce. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Okay, so l looking forward, Tony, what are the technology challenge you s challenges you see coming at us in the near future? The, the challenges are um, really the same as they have been, which is not really technology, it's people. Helping your people mm -hmm. be most productive, helping your people help you be secure. Yeah, because uh, most people, because of COVID, a lot of people started working remotely most business professionals feel like that's going to be pretty much the norm going forward. Sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I don't want to minimize the technology um, uh, challenges because there are mm. some, and I'll, I'll tick off a few, but it mostly comes down to am I helping my people be most productive um, and am I training them and am I keeping them current on how they could leverage what, I've provided to them so that they can uh, work remotely or they can work uh, wherever they need to. Mm -hmm. The technology challenges are, let's provide that stable remote connection. Now, what's changed there is a company can make sure they've got 
two internet lines from their office and if one goes down the other's always up and so you're you're really decrease the chances of you being down yes. but they can't oppose they can't impose that on me working for my home office uh-huh. right yeah. so i've got what i've got okay from internet connectivity and it can be great or it can be bad and so that's what they're with their employees right um they've Employee. got what they've got now They've got the flexibility is, oh, internet's down in my house, but it's not at Starbucks. But then you've got issues of working in Starbucks and confidentiality and of your, you know, people looking over your shoulder, for instance. Right. Um, so you've got that. But the, the technology challenge is remote connectivity. Okay. And as we rely more on the cloud, it's the speed of your connection. That's a, a challenge. And okay. The, um, um, keeping, so when people re- work remotely, are they working on the company computer or their own computer? Mm. Oh, their own computer, the one the teenager uses to surf the web. Well, what do you have on there for protection from security? What layers do you have? So that, yeah. those are some of the technology challenges. Do companies have a standard of you've got to, if you're using a home computer, have this antivirus and, and you know this protection and these updates and that yeah. kind of thing? So I imagine your your customer service professionals understand all these challenges and yeah can help pinpoint when you know things go bad, <laughs> things go wrong. Yeah. Right. Okay. Good. All right. Well, this is great, Tony. This so we're yeah. This is Al Simon with Sandler Training by Simon Inc. Your host on Simon Says Let's Talk Business, and we've been talking with Tony Russian, Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Network One, a managed service provider for companies in metro atlanta and you're doing great work and tony appreciate you being with us today absolutely thanks for having me so uh, if our listeners want to get a hold of you and and ask questions and find out if network one is right for them what's the best way to do it yeah they can hit our website which is network one and then add the word consulting so network one consulting.com and all our bios are on there you can find me easily um and i'm right here in sandy springs and like i said we focus uh in atlanta so network one and the, and the one is the number one yes so network one com. yep excellent tony appreciate you being with us absolutely thank you absolutely it was a great great uh, great conversation learn more about technology which i guess we never learn enough so okay so this is this is al simon again with sandler training by simon inc we're a we're a sales performance organization and we come to the part of our show where we we call it the ask al segment listeners send in sales related questions to us and uh, i pick one each time to address if you have a sales related question or a sales management related question you'd like to t- for me to get answered on the air send it to my email address al.simon at sandler.com and uh, maybe your question will be selected today's question that i selected to address is 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 about linkedin which is maybe the de facto social media app for business professionals these days probably is but the question the uh, listener sent in was how do i use linkedin to get appointments with prospects excellent question and, and i've got to preface this by saying tony that i am not an expert on linkedin i am not uh, but there are plenty of them out there in fact probably one of the most preeminent experts on linkedin happens to be local happens to have been on my show before and uh, that's greg burkhalter who really knows linkedin and focuses on how to build your brand how to how to really leverage linkedin 
to make things happen. But I am an expert on using LinkedIn for selling. That's really what we focus on with our clients is how to use LinkedIn for selling. And I can tell you that uh, the way not to do it, I call it the, the connect and pounce uh, uh, strategy. And you see it so often these days. And it's really a shame because it's like the telemarketers that keep calling and, and it turns off the, the uh, prospects when that happens. And so, you know, now you know, real live inside salespeople who, ha who, who are doing legitimate work have a hard time getting through because people assume it's some kind of sleazy telemarketer. And so it just ruins it for rest, the rest of us and it poisons, poisons the pond, which is happening now with LinkedIn with people who do the connect and pounce strategy uh, to the point where you don't even know if you want to uh, if you want to accept a connection request because you don't want to be immediately pitched uh, right after. So let's not do that. Let's not connect and pitch, connect and pounce. Let's not do that. We've got to remember that LinkedIn is really a marathon, not a sprint. It's a long-term game. If you think about regular networking, you know, in-person networking, you get to know somebody, you know, you talk with them about what they do for a living, and, and, it, and it probably would not be appropriate in many cases unless the prospects suggest it that you suggest an appointment on that first conversation. Well, LinkedIn might even be the same, but it might even be a, uh, even more of a lag time because really if you connect with someone who's in your target market on LinkedIn and maybe even tell them in the, in the message, the note that you put with the connection request, hey, look, I'm not going to spam you. I'm not going to pounce on you and pitch you. I'm just going to uh, look forward to seeing uh, your content posted and uh, hopefully you'll look forward to seeing my content posted and then you from that point on this you know this person is in your target market so you're going to look at their posts you're going to like and comment and 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 things like that and then at some point in time you can suggest an appointment but not right away maybe even not in the first few months really if you think about it that's the professional way to use it and of course another real great way to use LinkedIn is to um, look at the direct connections of the people that you are direct directly connected to and see who you want to be introduced to and in a professional manner ask for that introduction which is one of the things that a lot of our clients look to us at Sandler Training to help them to craft those kinds of messages and carry out those kinds of tactics so that's really the best way and LinkedIn is a great tool uh, for selling but it it it, it, um, it needs to be used correctly it needs to be used professionally uh, and, and not the old connect and pitch or connect and pounce. Just awful. Just awful. So that's the Ask Al segment tip of the day. This is your host, Al Simon, with Sandler Training by Simon Inc. On Simon Says Let's Talk Business on Business Radio X. And our, our guest today has been Tony Russian, Vice President of Sales and Marketing with Network One, excellent company, Metro Atlanta-based uh, managed services provider, does great work and can handle your systems, your data, keep you safe from cyber attacks. Tony, thank again. thanks again for being with us today. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. And this is Al Simon signing off. And once again, good selling. <music> <laughs>